Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Animation Fascination Podcast. This is our 20th episode, so kind of finally getting there, I guess. Uh, I'm Mark Vibbert, and with me again, as always, is my good friend, Matt Quest. Hello! Uh, this podcast, if you haven't listened before, focuses on the world of animation, if you kind of tell, because, well, it's in the title. Each episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past or present. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it is animated, it's up for us to discuss. Uh, you can check out our website at animationfascination.wordpress.com. You can still find us at movieovermind.com, too. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Animated Podcast. And still, you can forever be the first person that ever emailed us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. We would enjoy one email. Yeah, it'd be awesome if one person emailed us. That wasn't that wasn't me. Or like my mom. <laughs> uh, and then you guys can also like us on Facebook just by searching for Animation Fascination, which seeing that a lot a bunch of people have started doing that, so thanks for that. Also, like we said, we're now searchable on iTunes, so you can either search my name or Matt's name or the podcast's name and you'll find us uh if you want give us a review that'd be nice uh we'll bump us up in the, the ratings and more people will be able to find us on itunes so without further ado we're going to get into the actual show today and with that we're going to begin with the new animation blu-rays and dvds that have come out this week uh i only actually got one of these as like a review copy to to watch um but the other two that came out were Superman vs. the Elite, which is a one of the DC Universe animated films. Have you seen any of the other films at all, Matt? Um, the Beatles, Yellow Submarine, I've seen that. And only because I used to work at Animated Studio, and my boss was obsessed with the Beatles. He has a room dedicated to the Yellow Submarine. It's pretty oh. awesome. They, they I think did... he, oh, God. He has originals, uh, original cutouts in like framed i'm pretty sure in that room from that uh from that movie so that's pretty cool yeah I, they had a, a screening a few weeks ago in theaters of the, the yellow submarine and i had never actually seen the, the entire movie yeah so i went to go see that and the the new transfer they had of it looks pretty good i'm sure it was probably from the digital file they did for this upcoming blu-ray that was coming out but uh if you if obviously if you like the beatles and Pretty much 99% of the people on planet Earth like the Beatles. <laughs> uh, you'll at least like the music in the movie. The animation and the story, I would probably think, aren't for everybody. Cause, yeah. It's a little strange. Yeah. A little bit strange. And you can definitely tell of the time it was made that you might want to be on some kind of... We're not condoning this, but most people might need to be on some kind of substance to truly <laughs> enjoy... <laughs> <laughs> an altered state of yeah. mind. <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought I thought it was an interesting movie. I, I definitely liked the music in it. Um, I w it was funny to find out though after the movie. I thought that the Beatles had actually done their voices for their their actual characters in the film, but I guess they didn't, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, but some of the things that are on the Blu-ray for this are an audio, audio commentary track by John Coates. And which is a was the production supervisor for the movie, 
so that's kind of cool. Uh, I haven't got to check any of these out because I haven't seen the Blu-ray yet, but there's a making of documentary uh, from the 1968 featurette, and, uh, some background on the, the movie and whatnot. Uh, and I guess it ties into how the, the movie kind of ties into the Odyssey and whatnot, stuff like that. It's got the trailer, storyboard sequences, there's original pencil drawings, uh, which were development drawings for from All You Need Is Love sequence from the film. There's behind-the-scenes photos, which are mostly from a 1967 visit to the animation studio by the Beatles, so that'd be kind of cool. If you're basically if you're a big fan of the Beatles, you want to pick up this, this Blu-ray, check it out. There's interviews on there with uh, the voices of Ringo, uh, John Lennon, David Lacey, who was the key animator, Millicent McMillian was the assistant to the director. Uh, the animation director Jack Stokes and Eric Siegel, who is the co-writer, and then there's some cool bonus printed items included in a 14-page glossy booklet, which actually has an introduction by John Lasseter from Pixar. So that's kind of cool. Oh no way! That's pretty cool. Yeah, and there like there's these cool-looking cenotypes. They almost look like what they did with the what we we're talking about last week with the the Xerox era stuff, where it's like this clear kind of almost what you would see like when you're in high school or middle school where they put the the transfers on the projector so they can put that up on the, the wall you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 that's basically what you get in there so yeah the movie's interesting so if definitely if you like the beatles either give it a rent if you're not sure you're gonna like it but if you've already seen it definitely pick it up because it looks like it'd be a pretty good blu-ray so that's that Blu-ray, and then what I was talking about before was Superman versus the Elite. Uh, some of the other films DC has released have there's mostly been Batman films. They're they're all based on graphic novels or graphic novel runs that DC has released in the past. But this one is the most recent one, and apparently from some other reviews I've read about this is it's the first adaptation of one of the graphic novels that's actually better than the original source material, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I was supposed to get a copy of this, but I never got it in the mail, so that kind of sucks. But uh, there's an <laughs> audio commentary on here by DC Comics executive editor Eddie Baranga and screenwriter Joe Kelly. So if you're into that, you might want to listen to that commentary. There's an Elite Unbound thing, which is basically like a feature about the Elite, which are the, the main villain of that film. Superman and the moral debate is basically about how if Superman is relevant to uh, now nowadays and if if he is still indeed relevant, why not? Uh, it's also got Alan Burnett's top picks, which are basically his favorite episodes from Superman the Animated Series. So there's two episodes of that on there. Uh, there's five pages of uh, Action Comics 775 are included in there. There's a Dark Knight Rises theatrical release photo gallery which is interesting it's from the Christopher Nolan films so I guess basically it's the closest DC release to that movie come out so they slapped it on there uh, and then there's a sneak peek at the the next DC Universe animated film which is going to be The Dark Knight Returns which is based on Frank Miller's comic which that should be pretty good I'm looking forward to that nice. and then it's got some sneak what they call sneak peeks which are it's kind of stupid because they're past releases of 
their past films on there, so I don't know if that's like a sneak peek in the sense of if you don't own this, you can watch this little preview of it, but it's not really a sneak peek in the sense of that no one's seen this before because these have already been out for like a year and a half. So it's a cross-sell is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you like Superman, if you like DC, Superman, like the Beatles, is pretty much liked by about 98% of people on planet Earth, or at least people know who, who Superman is. So definitely give this check out if you like him, and I'm definitely planning on at least renting and watching it this weekend. So yeah, and then the last one, have you ever watched Phineas and Ferb, Matt? I've seen like you know clippets of like the TV show, but I haven't really sat down and watched a full episode of that. All right. Well, you need to watch at least one episode of Phineas and Ferb, or <laughs> or Phineas and Ferb across the second dimension, which is was the feature length animated movie they did. Because yeah. it's the guys that work on the show worked on Futurama and The Simpsons and other sh- other shows during their career, and you can kind of see that type of comedy in like a, a kid-friendly setting, which yeah. and the, the show is really good. Me, my wife, and my son all watch it and enjoy it equally as much. Uh, but yeah, there's Phineas and Ferb on there, which are two brothers that basically. Every day during their summer vacation, they think of something to do, and they're essentially these genius kids that can invent anything and usually do every day. But they have a pet platypus named Perry, who's actually a secret agent for a a group of... an agency that basically has a bunch of secret agent animals. And this DVD is basically a bunch of... seven episodes focused on... Perry episodes of the show, and it was, it's pretty cool. It's the DVD case is teal, like Perry the Platypus. Uh, it's got some cool bonus stuff in there. There's a thing about the Platybus tour, which is they took a Airstream from like the, the late 1950s and converted it into a Perry the Platypus. And then there's Nerves of Teal, so you can see if you can be a agent for the organization without a cool acronym or Alka, um, and then there's a bunch of cool little things that came in there too, like uh, the how I feel Perry thing, and puzzle and some other stuff. So pretty cool things for kids to check out. But yeah, if you like Phineas and Ferb and you like Perry the Platypus, definitely give this a check out because my son liked it, I liked it, and pretty enjoyable. And actually, something they're developing right now is that they're developing. A, a live-action Phineas and Ferb movie, which, and Disney, yeah. Although, which what I've heard so far is that, like, it'll start off in animation, and then I'm assuming something that Phineas and Ferb invent crosses them into a, some type of thing that changes, changes them into <clears throat> live-action, and... The rest of the movie would be like that. And I've heard a rumor at one point that Jim Carrey was going to play Dr. Doofenshmirtz from the show. <laughs> so it, it, it'll be interesting to, to see how that works out. And I know they're developing that right now, but I'm definitely going to check that out when it comes out. But yeah, those are our new releases for the week. And then now we're going to get into our recommendations for things for you guys to check out. Uh, right now on iTunes, as of right now, it's talking... They have the first two episodes of the Disney XD series Tron Uprising to download for free on iTunes. So 
If you haven't checked them out yet, definitely go download those because they're free. Yeah, for free. Tron. Awesome. Totally Two awesome. episodes, too. And HD, so if you have uh, Apple TV or whatnot, feel free to watch those on HD TV. But uh, kind of like the Star Wars, the Clone Wars TV show, how that takes place in between episodes two and three of the Star Wars films, Tron Uprising takes place in between the original Tron film and the sequel Tron Legacy that came out uh, two years ago. Uh, and it focuses on a character named Beck, which is voiced by Elijah Wood. And uh, Tron, voiced by the original Tron, Bruce Broxlutner, uh, is basically training him to become his successor so that he can take down General Tesla, which is voiced by Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> but uh, you got a chance. Names. Yeah. Mandy Moore is doing a voice on there as well. Um, and I want to I wanna say in that first episode that when they had Clue talk, that that was Jeff Bridges. I like how they designed Clue actually to look like Jeff Bridges. That was pretty yeah. neat. Well, Clue, the, the character of Clue, is supposed to be supposed to be a copy of Jeff Bridges' character, uh, Kevin Flynn. So it's supposed to look exactly like him. Yeah, I was pretty pretty happy about that. Yeah. So you got a chance to watch them recently like I did. What did you think about the, the show? Well, I told you like a couple days ago, as soon as I heard that there was, you know, the Tron, you know, uprising and it was like, uh, you know, 2D, 3D, I immediately was like, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just, I think that, you know, when someone does a TV show and tries to do like a cartoon version of like TV show, they screw it up because, you know, when they do episodes, it's like, uh, they get a certain amount of episodes. They give it to, you know, like a random studio and they, you know, they have a budget, they have a timeline. So basically what I'm trying to say is like, you know, the animation budget, like the animation turns out like crap because they have to do, you know, a ton of episodes and you know, this is usually not all the time, but that's, you know, my opinion on it. But then <clears throat> I actually watched it today and it was pretty rad. Um, you know, the 2D, 3D look is it's not like anything you've seen before. Like they do a really good job integrating the 3D into the uh, 2D style, um, you know, like because it's not all just like flat you know shaders on these like 3d objects it's yeah. you know to make look to make it look 3d there's like there's some like realistic like reflectivity on some of the surfaces so it's like their helmets like have like a little bit of a sheen to it like a realistic sheen and like you know the rest of them are just like kind of a flat flat shader so it, it's really cool how they integrate uh you know, that 2D and 3D and sort of realistic, you know, reflections in there. So I thought it was, it was pretty great. Yeah. I, I like, it. it's kind of like a mixture of the, the CG animation, 2D animation a little bit. There's kind of an anime style to it almost a little bit with the, like the character. Yeah. There's, there's really stylized looking characters. It, yeah. It's pretty cool how they did that, you know? Yeah. So far I've really been enjoying it. Uh, I like how it almost it almost looks a little bit like cel shaded at some point at, at points in there too, 
but I, I really liked how like how everything looks on there, like the light cycles and the identity discs look exactly like they did in the movie because essentially that part of the films was animated. So and they kind of this like the the neony kind of blue and orange of the Tron grid translates pretty well to animation because of the colors like that and definitely like we said if you do download download this and watch it in HD definitely going to get a better experience that way because of how much more the the colors pop from it. Yeah, definitely definitely watch it in HD with all the lights off and it'll look awesome. And if you have surround sound hook hook that up to it, watch it with yeah, that cr- cuz crank it up all the way and actually another thing is the the compo- whoever the composer was for this did a really good job of like matching the yes. know, sound style. Yeah, it sounded like I don't think it exactly was some of the same music that Daft Punk did for Tron Legacy, but it sounded like samplings of it and kind of expanded. Yeah, they they definitely, you know, took the style that they were using and, you know, integrated that into the music that they wrote for this and it sounds pretty epic. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so, so the first episode is called Beck's Beginning, but technically, I guess this isn't considered the pilot because it's actually episode zero, at least according to, to iTunes and IMDb and whatnot. So I don't know. I guess it's considered a preview episode or I don't know what, what they would consider that. And then Renegade Part 1 is technically the pilot to the show and it's considered episode one. But I, I thought Beck's Beginning was a little bit stronger than Renegade Part 1. Because uh, there's some one of the characters that works with the character of Beck. Uh, one of the male characters I don't remember his name off the top of my head is kind of annoying. Although maybe he's supposed to be like that. And <laughs> he had a lot of screen time in that second episode, and I didn't really like that. But it's kind of interesting to see where they're they're going, and I, I hope that it stays as good as the first episode was, and kind of expands upon that. I'm not sure how many episodes they got picked up for for the first season. Cause, I mean, it is a Disney property on a Disney television show. I mean, on a Disney uh, channel, so... Yeah, on the wiki site, it has it going up to five episodes. So I'm not sure if that's where it stops or if that's just what... The info they, they have. The info they have, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I'm hoping I, if... If they can get Jeff Bridges to come on, maybe for an episode or two, as cool that'd be awesome. But I think this is definitely, you know, kind of taking place like off to the right of things that we've seen in the the first and like second films. But I'm, I am really hoping that if they do do a third movie, that possibly uh, Beck shows up as p- played by Elijah Wood. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> But yeah, I'm d- definitely <clears throat> interested in seeing more of what the show has to offer for him. And I do like that they got Bruce Boxleitner to continue doing uh, and playing the role of Tron. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's that's pretty lucky they got him to do that, actually. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's his career-defining role. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he has to. Do that. Yeah, that that's kind of like uh, well, like at this point, you have Mark Hamill. His two career-defining roles are, are Luke Skywalker in live action, and then his other career-defining role is as the Joker from the Batman animated series for voiceover work. So, 
So it's definitely one of those kind of things where you kind of like owe your almost your career to like certain characters, <laughs> and you wanna yeah. you kind of want to honor that. But with that, definitely check out Tron Uprising. It's a good show, and we enjoy it. So hopefully you will too. Yeah, it uh, looks pretty promising. Uh, new trailers this week. Uh, there's a trailer two for Ice Age Four. Did you get a chance to? Watch I, I did. I did see this actually. I when I went and saw um Madagascar three, but we'll talk about that in a minute. And then uh, yeah, I saw the the. Did you see it? Yeah, I watched. I watched it on on my Apple TV the other day, and I thought it that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was it's like a pirate premise that they got going on now. Yeah, for this fourth one. That seems to be the the popular thing. Yeah, pirates. It's big this year in the animated uh, industry. Although but, I, uh, I don't think anybody will be able to do it better than than Ardman did with the pirates. The, yeah, the actual. Yeah, that was pretty good. But uh, I thought it was all right. I mean, it just kind of continues the Ice Age. Uh, was it uh, Blue Sky? Um, yeah, Blue Sky Animation. <clears throat> Blue Sky. So yeah, it. it uh, it looks like it'll be pretty good. Um, I like the design of. Uh, did you see like the ships they had in there? It was like icebergs, like designed yeah. as like looking like pirate ships. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I think Ice Age Four kind of has a lot going against it coming in just because it's the fourth movie. Yeah. In the the series of Ice Age films. In my opinion, the the third movie was the the best one so far, but. The, I mean, they kind of. I know it's it's cartoon, and sometimes it's not supposed to be believable. They've kind of got less believable as the films have progressed. Where it, like the first film, like you know, it had had kind of Eskimos, and they were, that's like the kind of correct time period for them to exist with these Ice Age type animals, like the mammoth and whatnot. But then, like the second movie was the meltdown, and that that was kind of bad. And then the third movie introduces dinosaurs that are somehow frozen underneath like this big capsule. Uh, but surprisingly, the third movie was actually pretty good, and I liked that. Um, and then this fourth movie, it looks like they're adding like more of these characters, and then somehow Scrat caused the Pangea essentially to crack into what we see today with the, the continents and whatnot. And then they have the whole thing with the the pirates. And it, from the trailer, it looks like uh, like our, our three main guys get separated from essentially the new characters that were brought in on, on the second film, which is Manny's wife and now daughter from the third movie. So I'm not sure how much time they're going to get in this fourth movie, if if that much at all. What do you What do you think about that? You know, it's just when you see like more and more like sequels coming out, that just feels like the corporate machine sucking like that one good movie for all it's worth. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, because like, for Blue Sky, this is the only film that they've done sequels to. Because <laughs> yeah, it works, you know, like they have a good combination of characters, people like it, and so they're just going to milk it and they're just going to keep making sequels of that. Serious. So, Let's see a sequel to Robots. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, that's just how the world works. And 
they just if if it sells sell more <laughs> you know yeah with all, with all that being said both of us will probably go see this in theater yeah oh, and it, yeah and in 3d and in 3d yeah so it it works <laughs> yeah but and I mean maybe I'll be surprised like I was the third one although I was I was hoping Simon Pegg would have came back from the third film but is they kind of left that the way it was with the third film that yeah, like he wouldn't be coming back for a fourth movie but I would have liked to have seen him come back because yeah. in my opinion he was the best part of it but actually uh, another part of that Simon Pegg Nick Frost Edgar Wright group Nick Frost I believe is doing one of the character voices in Ice Age Four so maybe He'll fill that that Simon Pegg void for me in Ice Age Four. All right, so with the end of talking about the trailers, we're gonna get to the actual news today. There's Kevin Smith's new animated film, Jane Silent Bob, super groovy cartoon movie, which he developed along with his longtime friend Jason Mewes. Which, if you ever saw the Clerks animated series, it's gonna be within that same kind of animation style. Kind of mixed with, if you've seen the Kevin Smith's Smotimations, the animated versions of his uh, his podcasts, it's going to kind of be like a mixture of both those anima- animation styles mixed together. So it'll be interesting to see that. And it was basically somewhat built off a script they originally had for an animated feature-length film for that Clerks animated series that... Kevin Smith wasn't doing anything with, and Jason Mewes basically came to him and asked if he had a film to work on, and he just kind of gave him that, that script, and he came back, and then Kevin Smith claimed it for himself, and now they're going to be releasing it. So that'll be kind of cool to see that. I'm looking forward to that. Are you looking forward to that, Matt? Pretty sweet. Didn't Kevin Smith, you met him, and he told you to be a better director? Oh, yeah. I met, met him at Comic-Con a few years ago. And when I'm, when I'm there, I told him I was wanting to be a filmmaker, and he told me to essentially be a way better filmmaker than, than he is. <laughs> and, and that's what the, the autograph that he wrote for me says, says be a way better filmmaker. Nice. So, yeah. It's one of the one of the coolest things. It's motivation right yeah, there. definitely. Uh, the, the next bit of news is the Hulk family gets animated with Agents of Smash. Uh, if, you've got, if any of you guys have watched, like, the Avengers or Smitty's Heroes animated series... Uh, which we'll talk about that in a second, or Ultimate Spider-Man animated series, which we'll talk about in a second. This is another uh, Marvel Universe animated series, which are basically going to have um, basically every different version of the Hulk together in this one series, which will have the main Hulk, Bruce Banner, uh, Red Hulk, Scar, She-Hulk, uh, ever-loving Blue A-Bomb, and it's going to launch in 2013 on Disney XD, which it'll play along with the Avengers and Ultimate Spider-Man. So if you like the Hulk, definitely check that out because that's when it'll be coming out. Uh, the next thing is Stephen Colbert has now joined the film Mr. Peabody and Sherman, which I'm really looking forward to this movie because whenever I watched Rocky and Bullwinkle that, like way back when I was a little kid, that was my favorite little like segment of the show because it was basically Mr. Peabody, which is the world's smartest person who just happens to be a dog, and then his pet boy Sherman used their time traveling in the Wayback Machine without permission. Uh, Sherman uses the machine and events in history start spiraling out of control, so they have to fix it. So I'm looking forward to that. Ty Burrell 
uh, you guys may know as Phil from Modern Family, the 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 dad of the younger dad of the main family. Uh, we'll be doing the voice of Mr. Peabody, which is pretty awesome. And then Max Charles, who plays the young Peter Parker in the, the Amazing Spider-Man film coming out soon. Those are the voice of Sherman. I'm looking forward to that. And then Stephen Colbert did a pretty awesome voice of the president in Monsters vs. Aliens. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he'll be voicing in this film, too. Yeah, he's just very animated in real life, so it transfers well to animation. Yeah, most of the live-action movies that he's shown him in haven't really been <clears throat> all that great, but that that's definitely a different story with the animated films that he's showed up in, at least for the parts that he's in in those movies. Yeah, stick to voiceover, Colbert. It works. And the Colbert Report. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the next thing is that Marvel has confirmed there will be a new Avengers Assemble animated series. Essentially, what this is is that they're canceling the current Avengers show that they have on the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes to make this show, which seems which seems kind of stupid because that Earth's Mightiest Heroes show is actually really well done. It's enjoyable for both me and my son to watch. But what this this show is essentially trying to do is make it more tied into the cinematic Marvel universe so that these characters will be more like what we recognize from the Avengers movie that just came out and all of the movies these characters were in before. So, and then this will be starting next fall as well. And season two of Earth's Mightiest Heroes will finish up its its run this year and then that'll be the end of that, which kind of sucks, but like, nothing we can really do about it. But it'll live on in DVD and Blu-rays and Netflix. So if you like that, keep keep watching it. And I guess we can look forward to this and not judge it before it starts. you have anything you want to share about it? Or? That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the next thing we have to talk about is that we talked about Wreck-It Ralph next week, but you can actually play a tie-in game, the actual game that Wreck-It Ralph stars in Fix-It Felix Jr. right now. And... I'll post a link to that, but that's kind of cool. It's essentially this 8-bit game you can play online, and it, it is the game that Wreck-It Ralph is in in the movie, so it's pretty awesome. It's a nice... If, if anything, this movie has to have a, tie, a video game tie into it because it's a video game film. If yeah. they didn't do a tie into it, that would be a super missed opportunity. So uh, The next thing is the, the Brave uh, cast and crew just had their premiere uh, rap party for Brave at, at this castle in California, which is pretty awesome. And did you get a chance to check out any of the news about that, Matt? I saw the castle. It looks pretty sweet. I didn't even know there was a castle. Well, yeah. I, I guess they watched the movie Under Under the Stars, which would have been pretty cool. They got to see, and they watched La Luna in front of it, just like all of us would get to see next week when we go see Brave. Uh, I saw Chris posted. Something about, uh, I think I think he was wearing like a a bow tie with a kilt to it, so that was pretty funny. Oh, and he also had the the king's hand pin from Game of Thrones, so I thought that was funny too. Uh, sweet. But yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing Brave next week, and then you guys should look forward to next episode too, because we're gonna have Austin and Chris on again talking about Brave. So definitely tune into when we'll be. 
when this podcast will be legal to drink next episode, episode 21. <laughs> uh, and then the next thing is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. There's a first look of some of the stuff from that. It's going to be a stop motion animated film, and it, it looks pretty cool. Daniel Radcliffe, who everybody will remember playing Harry Potter, is going to be Pinocchio, the voice of Pinocchio in the film. And I really like the like the style and the look of this, and I'm really interested to see what the how the movie ends up turning out. Did you get a chance to check out the the photos for this? Oh yes, I have. I've seen um, the pictures of Pinocchio. Dude, they look really like stylized. It's really cool. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, it's got that uh, kind of. It looks almost steampunkish, but not really steampunkish. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. <laughs> But uh, it, no, it looks it looks pretty rad to me. I'm definitely looking forward to it, and it comes out, <clears throat> I believe, in 2013. So that's yeah, it's coming out either next year or the year after. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that when it comes out. Uh, and then like I was talking about earlier, Ultimate Spider-Man, the Disney XD show has been renewed for second season, so. If you like that show, continue to watch it. It's going to be on next season again. I've enjoyed it so far. It's kind of cool how they've uh, introduced Agent Coulson from the Avengers like film series into the animated show, and he's Clark Record who plays him in the films is doing the voice. So I liked that. Uh, the next bit of news is John Lester recently chatted about the f- future Pixar films that are coming out. Uh, which include Monsters University that comes out next year, the year after that, The Good Dinosaur. Uh, after The year after that, the untitled film about the human mind, and then Leon Grich's film Dia, about Dia de los Mortos, which will be coming out, I'm assuming, the, the year after that. Uh, but he, he's talking about it, and he talked about there's going to be two new Toy Story TV specials, which will air next year and then the year after that and three more toy story tunes are on the way so at one of these one of the specials is going to air around october so someone was speculating that possibly one of the specials might be the toy story characters around halloween or whatnot which it might be kind of cool to see woody dressed as buzz and buzz dressed as woody <laughs> i'll put money on it right now it's a halloween episode and and then go ahead if anyone wants to come on and debate that with me, let them let them come out. Let's hear it. In in that too, I'm hoping for a, a Mike and Sully cameo, since it's supposed to be Halloween. Maybe they'll come through through Bonnie <laughs> yeah. Bonnie's closet. That'd be kind of a cool little nice crossover. Maybe we'll see that all of the Pixar movies take place in the same universe. Maybe we can ask uh, uh, Chris and Austin. Maybe we could, you know, get it out of them, see if they can squeak some information out on that. Yeah. Uh, then the next thing is talk about Bob Peterson's The Good Dinosaur. What, uh, there's a brief synopsis for it is, what if the meteor that killed off the dinosaurs missed Earth and dinosaurs kept living? It's, uh, and John Lasseter talked about it, saying it's a really great story because they're very funny dinosaurs. They're kind of cartoony. They're dinosaurs. They're not walking around with clothes on or anything like that. They still are kind of dinosaurs. We focused on mostly the plant eaters, not the carnivores. Their society becomes more an Argean society, meaning farmers. They become farmers. 
Uh, it's a very funny story about a certain way of life that a young dinosaur has trouble fitting into, and he ends up going to this quiet, this quest. He's going, he's going on onto you, Matt. Say what? <laughs> he kind of messes up, and he has to put everything right by going on this quest. And on that quest, he meets this our character that is an outcast from his society too. And so the two of them form this bond, and it becomes this unique kind of story, kind of hard to describe. It's a very special, very emotional story, but it's so quirky and nutty. That's really the hallmark of Bob Peterson's and Peter Sloan's talent. Bob Peterson is truly one of the funniest people I've met, and it's coming through with the story. Pixar does dinosaurs, but like anything we touch, it's unlike any other dinosaur picture you've seen because it doesn't fit in your typical idea of what the dinosaurs are. It's absolutely beautiful, too. And we know how much Austin is looking forward to animate on that movie, too. Oh, Dinosaurs? What's better than animating dinosaurs? Nothing. There you go. But, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Pete Docter's film about emotions as characters. So that'll be interesting to see what that's about. And then I'm looking forward to Leandric's film about the deal out of Morsos. So, yeah, on, on these two these Toy Story specials I was talking about, they're going to be 22 minutes each. Uh, here's the dates for them, too. October th- 2013, and then Spring 2014. So I wonder if the other one will be an Easter special. Or Spring Break special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It brings a whole new meaning to Woody at Spring Break. <laughs> uh, and then, no word if... Uh, or what Tom Hanks was talking about when he was teasing a Toy Story 4, but anytime we get to see the characters, it's pretty cool. So I'm glad they're not actually doing more legit sequels to Toy Story, but they're kind of keeping the characters alive by doing these specials and the Toy Story tunes. So I'm interested to see what these are coming out and look forward to watching them. And the, the, yeah, the last bit of news we have is that there's new character posters revealed for the animated film Rise of the Guardians that's going to be coming out November 21st, which basically just says character post for each character in the film. Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, uh, Sandman. They look pretty cool. They're, and just makes me more excited for the movie. But with that, that's our news for today. And without further ado, we'll now get to our main topic, which is talking about the Madagascar trilogy. <clears throat> the first film came out way back in 2005 um, and I remember when I watched the first film it was an interesting double feature because I was working in a movie theater at the time and I had watched Adam Sandler's remake of The Longest Yard beforehand which also had Chris, <laughs> Ro- Chris Rock in it so I got to see Chris Rock in that and then immediately thereafter watched this animated film with Chris Rock as Marty, and then you had Ben Stiller as Alex, Gloria the Hippo, which is Jada Pinkett Smith, and then David Schwimmer as Melman the Giraffe. And in the, that first story, like they all basically, uh, Marty doesn't want to live at the, the zoo anymore, so he's planning an escape, and ultimately they get stranded on the, the island of Madagascar off the, the coast of Africa. What did you. So, kind of going from here. What is your 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 thoughts about the first film in this trilogy? Um, man, to be honest, I can barely remember the first film. 
I mean, that was 2005, so that was, Jesus, how many years ago was that? Seven. Seven years ago, yeah, and that was when they uh, they got shipped over to Africa, right? Well, Madagascar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Second, oh. second one is Africa. Jesus. <laughs> I keep thinking, like, the Africa one, that's, like, the first one that came out, but there is the, when they get shipped to Madagascar. Um, yeah, I just remember the first, I think I remember, like, the penguins were absolutely hilarious. Yeah, the penguins are definitely one of the, the best things about the film. That was, like, the highlight of the whole trilogy for me, really. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then you had, uh, what's his name? Sasha Baron Cohen doing the voice of King Julian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And King Julian's pretty awesome. And that first film was basically about them um going wild maybe losing sense of what they had what who they were from being in captivity and ultimately kind of trying to get back home by the end of that film but which leads us into the second movie where they use a crashed airplane on madagascar that the the penguins help to rebuild and they slingshot themselves off of madagascar and they end up crash landing in Africa where Marty, uh, Alex, Gloria, and Melman all meet different other animals in their same species. So uh, Alex finally actually meets his, his mom and dad, which his dad was voiced by Bernie Mac, who, uh, who passed away before the movie came out. Uh, but I actually liked the second movie a lot because I liked that kind of storyline with Alex and his parents, and then basically all of our characters accepting like themselves and as species, and like kind of mingling into these species and whatnot like that. And I don't know, I just I kind of really enjoyed that second movie more than I did the first one because I thought it had a, a better storyline to it than the first movie did. What did you think about the second movie? Second one was pretty good. Uh, you remember the the old lady that was always beaten up on Alex throughout oh, yeah. the whole movie. That that was pretty good. I liked that. And uh, just you know the design, you know, like Africa itself was a pretty uh, pretty awesome looking set that they built there. Yeah, so. kind, kind of speaking about the design, what, the the design that they they did for the characters are kind of done in that African esque kind of elongated uh, or you know, kind of these obtuse angles for the characters, like faces and whatnot. Yeah, you know they, they have all these, you know, sharp edges and like, but stylized uh, like sharp edges, like the nostrils and everybody's noses has like that, you know, stylized just kind of, uh, you know, art like look to it. It's really nice. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things that stands out about the series too is like that different type of stylized animation to it, and then. Uh, the third one just came out recently. I haven't got a chance to see it. I'm actually finally going to go get to see it tomorrow. My son and my wife got to go to a screening of it a few weeks ago, and they enjoyed it a lot. But I know that you got to see it, so what did, what did you think about the third movie, and how does it compare to you compared to the first two films? The third one was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, the, the design, you know, was pretty consistent with the other two. Um, the villain in this episode, I thought was absolutely hilarious because 
if there's Fisher Price people listening to this, you'll understand why when you go and see the movie. I'm not gonna ruin it with a spoiler, but you'll you'll understand completely when you see who and what the villain's name is in this movie. So that's my little insight on there. Um, and you know the the just like the effects. Um, well, not necessarily the effects, but the style of how they did. Uh, uh, you know, I don't I, shoot. I I don't want to ruin the movie for everyone, <laughs> so I won't give away the ending. But it was just uh, it came together in the end there, and I thought it looked really good. How did how did the three D translate for the movie? I did not see it in three D. I saw it in two D. Oh, yeah, well. you know I hate watching that in three D. It messes with my eyes. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm seeing the movie in three D tomorrow, so I, next episode I'll, I'll kind of tidbit talk about a little bit how what i thought about the movie uh but yeah what i what i've seen from like the the trailers and clips and whatnot from the movie it looks like it's more of like a on the run film than the previous two ones where it, they were pretty much stayed in the same area once they got there and that from that point on in the film but like the isn't this one they're basically like on the run the entire time What's that? I'm sorry. Isn't the third film they're kind of like on on the run the entire film? Yeah, it's they're basically uh, they're trying to get back to New York again, and they're on the run, and the villain is you know chasing them throughout uh, their adventures that they have. Oh yeah, and, and they join the circus in this one too, and as and yeah. probably one of the better jokes probably got ruined from the film from the trailers the. The Afro Circus thing that, yeah. <laughs> that Marty does. I'm looking yeah, forward I, to seeing that. It's so hard not to just ruin, you know, the ending on this. So I'll, I'll stop talking. Well, okay. Without without giving away the ending, does it leave it open for a sequel, or does it close up the films as it, a at, singular trilogy? It could. It could. Uh, it could uh, be open for more movies. It didn't, uh, you know, nobody, I'm not going to say nobody died. Would that be a spoiler? No, because no. it's, it's a family movie. They're not gonna, it's a family movie. They're not going to so kill off any of the four main characters. Nobody died in the movie. So, you know, there's always a possibility that they could make another one, which cool. they probably will. Considering Ice Age 4, we're only at Madagascar 3. They got to do right. one more. And, sh- yeah, Shrek 4. Dreams were, Shrek Dreamworks 4. did Shrek 4. I'm yeah. sure eventually there'll be four How to Train Your Dragons, because the second one of that comes out 2014. So, but yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure because it actually it, it was number one at the box office this weekend too. It beat out Prometheus, and both of them were in 3D, so it didn't have anything over it with the 3D, other than the fact that Madagascar was PG and then Prometheus is rated R. Uh, but the other thing that ties into Madagascar trilogy is the Nickelodeon animated series, The Penguins of Madagascar, which is a, a spinoff with just the Penguins, King Julian, uh, and Maurice and Mort are all at the zoo, which it's interesting. It's, it follows those four penguins, Skipper, Kowalski, Rico, and Private, but it isn't really known how the penguins and the lemurs arrive at the zoo after the adventures in the movies. 
All right, another thing that, without spoiling the movie, does that kind of get explained at all of why those guys are at the zoo? But no, yeah. because in the movie they're actually uh, not; they're somewhere else. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah. So Don't see, really exp- there it leaves open for another fourth movie to where and how maybe these guys get back to the zoo. Yeah. Or I guess we could just take it as an alternate Madagascar universe, and that's just how it is. Yeah, it's just, you know, and one more thing about, was it the Penguins of Madagascar? Like I was saying earlier about, like, the Tron, how, like, they take a movie and they try to do a TV series. Penguins of Madagascar, the animation isn't that great. Yeah, like, I, I would compare that to the Kung Fu Panda animated series that they have. Yeah. Or like the, like King Julian in particular, because of how like much hair follicles and whatnot you can see in the actual films, and you can tell yeah. how much time it take to it's animate like him. The it, render time gets yeah. cut and ha- you know they have to do everything on a budget and on a schedule, and that sacrifices quality, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I mean that that does suck because you can you can notice it right off the bat, like with Mort, Maurice and King Julian, their eyes look weird. The hair on their heads look weird. I mean, the penguins look okay because they don't really have hair anyways, and they're kind of these basic shapes and whatnot, so it doesn't really do anything to them. But, yeah, like that, and then the Kung Fu Panda animated series. It's all, you know, like the textures are, like, lower res than it would be in, like, feature film, and it's just the animators don't get as much time as they do on a feature film to, you know do the animation that they need to do. And and you get used to the voices that you heard in the films. Most of the times when they do these animated series, it's not those same actors voicing the characters. Although there's there's three of the, the same guys do the voices for the, the penguins, but King Julian, Maurice, and Mort are all voiced by different people. Just like in the Kung Fu Panda series, Jack Black doesn't do the voice of Poe. or they, Like the guy that is the voice of uh, Mantis... In the Kung Fu Panda anime series, sounds nothing like Seth Rogen whatsoever. Yeah, that bothers me a lot. And then the guy that does the voice, the guy that does the voice for Monkey though, does kind of sound like Jackie Chan. <laughs> Maybe it is Jackie Chan. <laughs> but yeah, like, and and then the thing with the Kung Fu Panda anime series is that it leads you in is that Kung that Jack Black did the, the theme song for it, and it, like the animation for that opening sequence is just as good as the films and then the episode starts and you're like oh crap <laughs> yeah but yeah and then the, the kind of segueing into is that they're going to do an animated series for how to train your dragon 2 which we know the animation won't look as good in that same same voice actors won't be doing the voices in that and it probably won't be as good as the films are for that too so i don't know but kind of talking about how how to train a dragon it's like way again uh, have you seen the stuff about they're doing these uh arena spectacular things for, for how to train a dragon this like this live action thing done by the same people that did that walking with dinosaurs what yeah it's, really yeah they're like it's essentially retelling the story of the first movie but all done in live action with like these huge puppets with real like breathing fire coming out of them I really want to bring my son to it, and it looks awesome. So if if anyone has got to see it yet, 
send us an email. Tell you what I thought about it. There's there's a good reason for you to send us an email, or or at reply us on Twitter and tell us what you thought about it because this is definitely something I'd like to see because it looks like it'd be awesome, and yeah, it just looks like it'd be awesome. And I'm sure, going back to Austin again with his, his love of dinosaurs, he's probably seen walking with dinosaurs. He'd probably like that too. Uh, and the last thing with that Madagascar stuff you were talking about is that they did one holiday special that aired on TV called Merry Madagascar, which it had our four main characters. Basically, they knock Santa Claus unconscious when he stops in Madagascar, so they have to deliver all the toys for him. And they have a chance to stay in New York when they're delivering those. But they end up deciding to go back and get Santa Claus so he can finish delivering whatnot and he leaves before they can ask him to bring them back so it left it open for the second movie nice but yeah uh so if you if you had to rate the madagascar films in relation to other dreamworks movies where would they they rank for you in relation to what other movies the other dreamworks films shrek b movie how to train your dragon kung oh, fu panda Madagascar would be probably in the middle of all those movies. Because I would say, like, uh, How to Train Your Dragons, like, way, way, way up there and with Kung Fu Panda. And Madagascar is, like, a, a third place for me. Nice. All right. Yeah, that's so that's what we had to talk about for you guys today. If you've seen Madagascar and you want to share your thoughts with us about it, again, you can email us. Uh but don't forget, you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. And I am at Westpact, Q-U-E-S-T-P-A-C-T. Or you can follow the show at Animated Podcast. Uh, again, feel free to email us. Be the first person ever. Uh, I, might, I might have a digital copy of a film with an animated character in it. I can offer you if you email us something uh, incentive yeah animation fascination podcast at gmail.com uh, you can visit our site at animationfascination.wordpress.com and again remember you can check us out on facebook and on itunes so give us a review and let us know what you think because we want to make this podcast the best possible podcast it can be and we don't want it to be bad obviously so Please give us your feedback and let us know what you think about the show. Uh, so, for myself, I'm Mark Vibbert and Matt Quest. Hey! <laughs> I messed that up. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for listening and make sure to tune in again next time when we'll be talking about Pixar's Brave with Austin Madison and Chris Chua. Thanks, guys. Bye.